This is the Final Fix Podcast. This is just real people having real conversations surrounding substance abuse and the way addiction impacts communities. We're three brothers who have experienced addiction through a family member. We each have unique perspectives to the same situation, and as we have healed through discussing, we want to share our experience and speak with others who have been affected by substance abuse. Our goal with this podcast is to spread awareness of the harm of substance abuse. To talk to real people about their experience and how they've healed and to learn more about the role that substance abuse plays in communities and families. We are not experts, just brothers who have had our own experiences around addiction and want to help others by facilitating conversations. Please be aware that some of these conversations may be difficult and triggering. Any episodes that feature adult content will be labeled as explicit and may not be appropriate for children. All right, we figured we'd start our uh, podcast with kind of a easy episode here, which ties in a very important person in our life, uh, our sister Hannah. So I'll go ahead and let Hannah introduce herself. Hi guys. Yes, I'm Hannah. I'm the only sister in this family. I am the third born out of us four right after Jordan. So I'm 25 years old. So I'm about six years older than Dominic. And yeah, happy to be here (laughs) so hannah is going to be a pretty frequent uh person on here as far as like hopping in as a guest host hopefully and uh she'll come up in a lot of our stories i'm sure uh we didn't part of what we wanted to do we don't want to talk about uh, other people's experiences for them we want to let them talk about them themselves and kind of shed light on the experience that they've had so i guess we'll just kind of start like from the first episode you know each of us talked about our experience with mom Um, Mm -hmm. and one of the first things we talked about was like when we first knew that there was an issue so I guess for for you uh, you and Dominic were like not I don't want to say super young but like you were younger and like kind of witnessing you know firsthand uh, more so than Alex and I so like what was the first thing that you saw like the first time you knew something was was going on I think one of the first times I really noticed was so, like, we would go places to pick up things for her with, and she would take me and Dominic along, but it was pretty, like, casual, and some of the people we actually personally, like, knew, so I didn't really think, like, twice about it. Like, I, I kind of knew something was up, but I was, like, 14, 15, and didn't, like I said, put much thought into it, and then one time I actually had a friend over And I don't know how the conversation started, but she had mentioned that her sister-in-law sold painkillers. And I remember we had went to go get donuts from, I don't remember, um, Krispy Kreme. And mom had texted me probably 15 times within the hour asking me if I had like heard from my friend's sister-in-law. And I remember I was just getting, like, so embarrassed. And I was, like, didn't understand why she was blowing me up so much. So that, like, really kind of, like, I think started something for me. I was, like, this doesn't make sense, you know? And then I think another time that really kind of signified it was when we moved in with our aunt after we had lost our house. We were staying at one of mom's friend's house, and I was working part-time because I was in high school, and I woke up in the morning, and I had a huge withdrawal out of my bank account, and so at first, I didn't put, like, two and two together, and I thought, like, 
something fraudulent had happened on my card. But what had happened was she stole my card and took out more than half my paycheck for herself. So that's those were a few things that after that had happened, those were all pretty close together. I was like, well, like all within a year of each other, I would say that's when I, I realized like this is and it just kept getting worse, you know. You started kind of going into it, like the the feelings that you were have having at that point. Um, I mean, that was a pretty common thing for each of us. Um, just the like, not necessarily denial at first, but the like not putting it together, and then like we kind of talked about like mom held it together for for so long through like lots yeah. of tough shit, and so just, yeah, um, that's not easy to like be like what's going on you know what's what's happening here i think that like what's really important is your perspective is going to be different as the only girl and also yeah i know you were very sassy (laughs) and so (laughs) you and mom are like super 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 close um but you're still like you still were close even though you guys fought a lot and so i think that looking back on those feelings is there anything that stands out really extra for you well, I think that, but being, like, the third born also is I got away with a lot. Like, by getting away with a lot, I just mean she'd been there, done that. So she was, like, more lenient with me. And so when she would try to parent me or tell me no, I would be kind of like, what the heck? Like, we're friends. I think she treated me more like a friend than, like, a daughter at times, which that's like a blessing and a curse obviously but I think like not having those boundaries caused some issues for us and I I always knew everything so like from a young age I started understanding like money problems I knew when mom was having fights with her friends like her and I were very very close like regardless of me and her like having our issues unfortunately like I knew more than I probably should have So I think that being the only girl, it was hard because it's like, obviously, she's all of our moms. But like, I feel like I just related to her differently because she's like a female. I'm a female. And it was like a huge loss for me, like losing someone that's like, she was my ride or die. And so it was really hard. I, I remember I was just sad. And I just, I feel like it was like watching someone deteriorate like in front of you. Uh, I was just going to say to kind of, you know, branch off of what you said about mom and and her parenting style. She was, she kind of let us do whatever we wanted, but I feel like we all relatively stayed out of trouble in the sense of like, she could trust us to, to make the right decisions. But then it was, I think in a way it backfired on us because I mean, I have stories of, you know, just my rebellious, quote unquote, rebellious youth. But there'd be times, like you said, she would try to parent me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, or she tried to tell me, like, I can't go hang out with my friends. And I'm like, what? And like, you have never told me no. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Like, she, I do want to say, like, out of all of us, we've all turned out okay. I feel like we with her giving us that lenience it was it was great but then it also did backfire on her because when she wanted to put her foot down it was like kind of freaking weird because we're like you never do that so like it just didn't add up it was like always at the wrong time she was 
you know, 15 when she got pregnant with you, Alex. Mm -hmm. And so it's like in her mind, it was like, I think she kind of knew firsthand that, you know, kids, teenagers are going to do what they're going to do either way. And so just having Mm -hmm. that trust, because we did have that trust. Like I could talk to mom about damn near anything as a, as a kid, as a teenager. Um, I mean, there was, there was probably a line that was crossed that, you know, you you shouldn't be broing it out with your mom. Um, I mean, I started drinking with mom pretty, pretty young, which isn't necessarily great, but at the same time, like I was super, super, like I talked to mom about everything. Yeah. I just want to like, I just want to throw out there. Like, I don't think that anything mom did was wrong it, in a sense of like, there's no right way to parent. Right. I think that she, she always did her best. So like when I had kids, like I, I find myself parenting in the same ways. I find myself doing a lot of the same things she did uh, as far as like the trust goes. Like I give a long leash, but I also have realized, you know, I never got that leash tightened and it needs to be tightened. And so I've learned that that's something I need to do. So I take a lot of, you know, I I don't want to, I don't want to pull away from, I don't want to take anything away from mom on her, on her good parts. Cause she, she's, she has a good heart, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll, she, she has a very good heart and she's, she means so well. And she's very thoughtful. Um, unfortunately, the addiction just got to her, which is an unfortunate thing. But I think that there's a lot we, as adults, we put it together, you know, that's, that's a, a lot of what this is about. It's so weird. Cause like you guys are talking about like being parented and you were like, we're getting older, you know? So like, there's kind of that rebellion but I was so young that it's like by the time that she was already fully into it and like I saw her deteriorate before my eyes, <laughs> I was I wasn't old enough to like, you know, want to go out with my friends oh, like, you know, like overnight or super late or anything like that. Like I was so young. So it's like it's weird for you guys to like she was your best friend and she was my best friend, but I was still really young. So, yeah, I think yeah. she was all of our best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In yeah, different yeah. ways for each of us, you know, and I, I agree with you, Alex, like, I, I don't mean any of that, like, in a negative way, I just am saying, like, coming from being a girl, I think that was, like, even harder for me, because she was, like, yeah, like, my my number one, like, I looked up to her so much, and then I really loved our relationship, so then when things started changing, it didn't just feel like I was losing my mom, it felt like I was losing, like, my person. I want to right there, like, uh, you don't need to apologize at any point during this, like, yeah. we talked about this last week, like, your feelings are valid, um, mm-hmm. the, the experience that you had, regardless, like, if anybody listens to this and thinks that we're like bashing on our mom, like that's not, not what the aim of this is. We're just talking about our experience and what it meant for us. And that's going to be the same with any guest, no matter what's going on, like that your experience is valid. The way that Mm -hmm. you feel and felt is true to you. Like nobody can take that away. And absolutely. If somebody's upset by that, then like, then they need to reflect on what they did in that point to make you feel that way. I guess kind of moving on from there, uh, we'll, we'll make it a little happier. Uh, what points do you remember like through mom's recovery that made you feel 
like hopeful like what points alex if i can steal his talked about when we all got our family tattoos and like that experience with her was an awesome one but like what was yours i think it was i think dominic was talking about this last time was going to see her in treatment the first time she was just it like felt like oh my god like that's my mom again in the beginning it was like yeah like she was gone physically but like when you would still talk to her she sounded the same and like all those things you know and so like seeing her and seeing how hopeful she was I was like okay like this was just like a bump in the road this is this was temporary she's I don't know like it just felt so like oh my god like she's back and then when she got out from that treatment center pretty sure she came to like a holiday or two because I think it was around that time and then she fell off the face of the earth again for a quite a long time and I don't think it's ever really felt the same since then if anything because I remember she's gone to treatment twice I think and the second time I just feel like it it gets more and more distant but for me I would have to say that was like my peak of it was like her in treatment the first time and like her being at like holidays and seeing her and she was like healthy and she sounded the same like just everything about her demeanor was the same so yeah definitely then now on the flip side of that like what was the lowest point for you do you think well i don't think i've actually told this story a lot but I, like, remember I used to just cry about it, like, all the time because I went from, like, mom, like, we didn't really live with her throughout her bad part of her addiction, you know? Like, she kind of, like, took herself out of the equation. So I think that was also one of the hardest parts was, like, she was just there normal one day and then she was just, like, gone. And then we just get to see, like, peaks of her when she shows up and you just notice each time it's worse. But one time I was so fed up. It was like the summer. And I knew everyone kept saying they kept seeing her around this certain spot on Highway 99. And so I freaking drove my ass over there by myself and started talking to homeless people, showing them pictures of my mom or mom. And I was like, have you seen this lady? Like, tell her her daughter is looking for her like and everyone's like oh yeah like we know diana we know d yeah yeah, let me call her and i was like okay and they're like oh we got a hold of her so like come back in like a few hours she said she'd be here so i went back to my boyfriend at the time and i told him what i was doing and they all his whole family was screaming at me telling me not to go to 99 and talk to homeless people (laughs) (laughs) and so I was like I just don't care like I think I just had like I honestly was not scared and I did not care I just wanted to see her and when I went back that was kind of the sketchy part was she wasn't there and truth came out she was actually in jail so I don't know what those people were telling me, but never go and do that, first off. <laughs> but at least, like, when I went back, I went with people. Yeah. But, like, a little twist, though, is, like, I went from having a mom that was in, like, substance abuse to living basically with my boyfriend, whose mom was, like, an angry alcoholic. 
So I feel like my whole life for like a good six, seven years was just around addiction, if that makes sense. So it was like I wasn't only dealing with like a mom that had like substance abuse problems. It was like tiptoeing everywhere I went. Because well, there's spectrums. Like, there's a yeah. there's a complete spectrum to it. Because, I mean, mom, like, using opioid, opioids are, they bring you down too. Uh, but, like, going, like, she just wasn't there. And she was doing yeah. her own thing. And then being around a, a drunk that, you know, that's an aggression. And, like, yeah. some points that are just completely the opposite of what you would expect from somebody zonked out of their mind. Like, Right. Like she, she'd be nodding off, you know, like she's not yelling at you, (laughs) you know, it was different, like kind of walk in the house and be like absolutely silent because you don't want her to know you're there or like just stuff like that. And that was obviously more of like a a choice and a situation to be at my boyfriend's house. So I, I had a place to be, I could be at dad's, but that situation's just very different. Yeah. But I mean, you found a place. Like that's the, I guess the key there is that yeah. instead of letting yourself, you know, wallow in it or not, you know, not do anything like you, you still found a place where you could, I mean, that I want to say be comfortable there, but like, yeah, um, you were making the best of the situation and you got the hell out of the situation. Like you're, you're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ended up leaving that relationship, but yeah, it was definitely, it was unfortunately like a second home to me. So like that was just a totally experience in itself. Not what like I was used to for sure. We kind of talked about last time more so like, what did you find helped you? Like for me, I still had like, I still had Papa, like I cut mom out, but I knew I still had rock solid people and in my life. So I wasn't as worried about it. Um, But I also, I shut down and I cut her out. Like, what did you do to kind of cope? Well, at the time I had a best friend that's parents had substance abuse issues. And so I feel like just um, having like that kind of support. And I think I kind of just, I always knew that's not what I wanted. I could have like fallen into that easily, you know, like became all the wrong things, but I think I just knew that's not what I wanted for myself. And at that time, I was in an extremely, like, turmoil, terrible relationship. So I think I, uh, unfortunately, like, I was more, I just tuned everything out and just focused on getting myself out of my current situation. So I feel like, for me, it was easy for me to turn mom off, turn all the bad stuff off, and just like focus on like what was in front of me and how the hell I was going to get out of that situation and I was like mentally out of my relationship for like three and a half years I remember I made like a game plan and I had to stick to each step and so it was like get your things out of there slowly start stop staying there like I had like a plan and so once I got through with all of my steps and I really leaned on like my best friend at the time and Aunt Sarah and I finally started like voicing what was actually happening in my private life because I hid it for a really yeah. long time. I think people None of us knew. Yeah, <laughs> like 
I think people kind of knew something was going on with me, but, like, wasn't really sure, like, what was going on specifically. So, yeah, like, I think, honestly, what saved myself, which I don't recommend doing, is shutting it out. You, Um, like, buried yourself in work, too, if I remember right. Like, I remember you worked at McDonald's, and then, like, from there, you were at, like, um, Chuck E. Cheese and Sherry's (laughs) at the same time. Like, you were just hustling, like... Yes, all I did was work, 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 and work. That's what I mean. Like, I dissociated from, like, everything that was going on around me. That's what I had to do to, like, get through those times because that was, like, all I could do to survive, I felt like. And I did eventually start going to counseling, and I realized how much of that time I don't remember, and how much of that time I feel like I actually lost because all I did was work like I remember I had three jobs at one point because I hated my living situation I hated my boyfriend and I didn't want to think about my mom so all I did was literally work my like my work life was my best life like I had friends I had people that were like happy to be like I was genuinely happy to be out of the house and I think that really got me through as well. But yeah, dissociating. <laughs> that yeah. was that's what I did. And that's not necessarily the healthiest, but when the alternative is to follow in the same footsteps or you're gonna bust your ass working and disassociate, like that's probably the better option. <laughs> like Yeah. But yeah, I mean you're the one yeah. that put I don't want to say pushed me, but like um when I first started looking at therapy and counseling like you were the only person that I really knew uh, that would be open with me about talking about it and like yeah. the help that it gave you so I, I mean if somebody listening is dealing with any of these things or even is far removed from a situation but like there's trickles down into their lives like I think that that is an extremely valuable thing to do oh yes counseling saved my life like truthfully and I, I should have gone in it sooner but I just didn't have the resources and I just wasn't in a place where like I needed counseling but after being in an abusive relationship like living with an alcoholic our mom like all these things that happened in such a short span of my life I just realized like I wasn't present anymore and like I had to like release somehow and talking to a stranger is actually like really freeing like a hundred percent recommended and not only was were you tiptoeing around an alcoholic parent like i mean your your boyfriend's alcohol alcoholic parent and if he's listening sorry like but he had some major mental health issues that were oh yeah know, a big factor in your guys' relationship that he wasn't taking care of and that was another thing that like as a young woman you shouldn't have to deal with you know your own parent that's a drug addict the parent of your boyfriend who's an alcoholic and then uh narcissistic drug addicts like as a boyfriend like there's just too much like oh, all, yeah. this, all the chips were stacked against you honestly yeah i wasn't really sure how much i was gonna touch on that i was like but yeah no he definitely had substance abuse issues as well and i remember like at first it was just weed you know and then it started becoming like xanax every here and then because his mom would just give it to him and then I remember another time it was I would come home and there would be like tall boys all hidden the closet and like I'd open the closet to like grab something and he would think like I don't know like and it's like it's not like you don't smell it it's not like you don't see these things but people like he just 
I don't know if he was embarrassed because his mom was an alcoholic and but yeah like towards the end it wasn't just weed anymore it was it was getting really dark and I think he was doing that because of his mental health issues for sure I feel like that's how he was covering it up and I just want to touch on something real quick the uh the when you talk about how stressed out you were and how you were working all the time and I think we've talked about this before uh as a group or just individually but your change almost overnight from leaving that situation and um I don't know if it was around the time you started going to therapy but I think I saw you one time and and uh I might have even driven you over to his house to get some stuff um but then I think the next time I saw you like a month later like you had your glow back, you had clearly mm-hmm. gained weight back. You were not like, and I mentioned it and you're like, I'm just not stressed out anymore. Like you're, you, yeah. you cut so much stress out of your life. And it was so obvious that, and, but, but seeing you all the time in that situation, you don't notice people. I didn't, I noticed the change before I noticed how bad it was for you. Right. Like I noticed yeah. it after the fact. So. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, like my husband, he freaking, told me one time like I thought you were on coke because you were so skinny and I was like I promise I was not on coke (laughs) it was like I just was so stressed out I seriously people don't realize how much stress actually affects your body and I remember like within the first month of getting myself out of that situation I had gained like 10 pounds and I had like my light back. You don't really realize how like I feel like my like my lantern was burned out. And I was like, oh my god, like this is what it's like to be able to like, go to your friend's house. This is what it's like to like not I don't know, like I felt like I was like a teenager all over again, even though I was like 20. I was like, oh my god, this is what it's like to live. Cause I didn't. I was not able to live. I was not quote unquote allowed to live and so it was like basically getting like a fresh start at life so i mean obviously that was a that was a huge change going through that what are you still doing as far as like your healing goes are you still doing therapy counseling like this is still an ongoing thing for for all of us and especially as like i mean i know it's no no surprise uh i know you've put on social media. So it's probably fine to say, but like you're expecting you're, you're pregnant, you're going to be a mom. Yeah. Like, so there's lots of things to think about, like in how you've taken the way that you grew up and you know what you want to do moving forward. Um, so I guess, where are you at right now with, with all that? Currently I'm not in counseling. I do want to be, but I had some insurance changes. And so sometimes finding a counselor is actually like a lot harder than people realize it which I feel like yeah it they should they are accessible but it's like oh we don't take your insurance or um they're not available to talk the times you want to talk or that you're able to talk so with I hate the tele like I hate the tele (laughs) like I I want to sit in somebody's office and talk to them my my counselor like switched and so she's at a different place and so now I have to pay out of pocket if I want to see her because she can't take the insurance anymore and then it's like all and I'm like ah I mean I still want to talk to her so it is yeah yeah sorry 
No, for sure. I've only done telehealth, so I actually don't know any different because I started during COVID. But it would be nice to see the person because I was talking to my counselor for like two years and I realized like I never met her. And I was like, this is really shitty. But no, I, I am actively actually trying to get back into counseling. And I think as far as like becoming a mom, I just feel like I still need to do my own internal healing, like a, definitely a lot of it, because I don't, I don't want to carry that on to motherhood, and I don't want to be hyper aware of every single thing or like paranoid, like because I'm having a boy, which I feel like you have to be concerned of like abusive relationships, substance abuse, whatever. But being a girl, I don't know. I I feel like it's like sometimes we're easier targeted at times, or at least like it's easier for us to hide it. And so I'm kind of thankful I'm having a boy because I'm like, I am treating him how to have manners, how to respect women, like all of these things that I really am like are important to me but no I just hope I can just I just know I was made for this and I've been wanting to be a mom since I was a kid and no that sounds crazy but we had way too many cousins and kids running around so I feel like it just in my blood like I was made for this so I'm just excited to have like my own little person and be able to share with him my experiences as I get older. But yeah, I definitely still want to prioritize like my mental health and I don't know, like maybe even getting my kid in counseling at a young age, not even because it's like something bad necessarily happened in his life. But sometimes I feel like as children, we don't talk to our parents about things. And I was bullied in middle school. and like, I don't really talk about that. Just having like that resource, I would love to be able to just be like, hey, like, talk about your good day talk about your bad day talk about whatever the hell you want and I'm not there to like listen or eavesdrop or anything just like talk to somebody because holding things in is gonna kill you you know I mean it teaches emotional regulation and processing things and how to discuss what's going on so many people go into adulthood and they can't talk about their feelings or it's just such a hard thing you know like if, if somebody starts to talk to you about your feelings, you shut down or, you know, what, whatever yeah. it might be, like, it's just something that isn't taught well. And when your parents, like, if you don't have a parent to teach you, who else? So, like, having that, you know, you set that example, but then also turn around and have other opportunities for, for him to learn is, I mean, that's yeah. pretty freaking awesome. And three sure. great uncles to teach him to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, uh, you go talk to your uncles about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, what are we, I can't remember what we were saying earlier, but it was funny. Um, oh, the, the leash, like having a loose leash, but then pulling it back. Like you do with the boys. It's funny. Cause we were just in Oregon and, uh, uh, my daughter who's two and a half did something. And I gave her just like a little swat on the butt and Jackson was like, staring at me like made eye contact and then i went back inside and later on he's like you spanked amelia i was like imagine what i would do to you (laughs) just gotta let him know i remember mom did not really like mom was like scary with her words like i remember she'd be like i'm gonna beat the shit out of you or something like i remember her saying that to alex or something but i remember (laughs) yeah um dad flicked Dominic in the car (laughs) and she looked at him with like deadpan if you touch my son again I'm gonna end you and I was like 
Oh. <laughs> the only time mom ever hit me was after I hit you. <laughs> we were at the Boys Girls Club and you were in the back seat, like doing, just yelling, yelling, yelling. I was like, if you don't shut up, I'm going to hit you. And you like poked your head real slowly <laughs> and just went, ah, and started making noises right in my ear. So I just turned around, like swatted at you. And like, mom, you were crying. Mom got in the car and just started wailing on me. <laughs> You know what? We all tortured each other a little bit. Like, yeah. that's what siblings are for. <laughs> I mean, really. I disagree. Yeah. I don't remember doing anything like that. <laughs> You're the yeah, same boy. Yeah, yeah, being the youngest. I, I remember mom would, like you said, she was tough with her words. And there would be times where I would do something and she would, like, try to parent me. And I'd be like, whatever. And then there was times where I would do something and she wouldn't even say anything. She would look at me and I'd be like, okay, I get it. She, I remember I used to think it was a game to like piss her off and then have her chase me around the house. Like, cause she was going to spank <laughs> me. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Cause like, I know Dom, we're, we're talking about things and Dominic, like some of the stuff you weren't even born yet. Right. So there's, you know, I was, you know, I remember specifically when your dad uh, came to the apartment for the first date to go to like a concert or something. And he knocked on the door and I opened the door and he like very, I think he put his hand out and said, I'm Steve. And I just looked at him and I just shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I remember that. And then I think Hannah, I don't know, you, you couldn't have been what, five or six years old, maybe. But, you know, he was just super, I mean, he he attached to you immediately. And I remember, I vividly remember that the dad, uh, Dominic's dad, immediately attached to Hannah. And oh, so we were homies too. Yeah. I mean, he took me, like, I have the vivid memory, vivid <laughs> memory of riding in his Dodge Intrepid to go to McDonald's, <laughs> listening to Biggie and like singing along with him and like, us looking at each other and like we got back and mom was like he doesn't go with anybody like and i was yeah. just like all right this is my friend now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i was a little bit more skeptical but i think that's uh just the unfortunate issue of chronic dating at the time yeah. so uh <laughs> but security you know, I was first kid you know yeah at such a young age too like you guys grew up together 100 percent grew up together and i remember i remember when mom had you hannah and she found out i, I don't know if she found out early that you were a girl or when you were born. i don't remember I, she was so ecstatic to be having a girl and so it like i don't mean to get all emotional but i it, it kills me that the most pivotal time of when a girl needs their mom is kind of when you lost her and i don't mean to take it emotionally but you know i don't mean to take yeah. it there but i feel like you lost mom at the time you needed her the most as a woman i feel like because it's been like a decade now i was realizing it because i was like 15 16 when it got like to the point where she was gone like she lived far away from us and for a long time i actually resented her for leaving me because I felt like if she wouldn't have lost the house, I wouldn't have been stuck in like my abusive relationship. I felt like she would have seen all those red flags because she was um, in abusive relationships before. Like, you know what I mean? And I just felt like I totally got robbed of that. Like, I just was like, all I wanted was her, you know, um, during that time. So yeah, I... I <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, I was a young, impressionable girl who was in an abusive rate relationship from 14 to 20. 
I barely got out of it and I thank God every day that I did but I just feel like would have that would that have been different and I can't think like I don't want to think like shoulda woulda coulda because that's just not healthy for anybody but that did come to my mind a lot like she was just here to save me or like and I remember one time when she was like obviously probably under the influence a year or two down the road like after I left and she's like I miss him sometimes and I was so angry at her like I was just like how could you say that to me? You know what I mean? And then she was crying about him. And I'm like, you are obviously like not right in the head right now to be like, I'm like telling her all these things, like finally opening up to her about like what had happened, all this stuff. And then she tells me she misses him. And I'm like, would that have made a difference? Or was she, would she have made excuses for him too? Because I feel like everyone just felt bad, you know? oh, alcoholic parent, drug addict mom, like, we're all under this, like, statistic, so people automatically make excuses for people's actions, and it's kind of pathetic. A yeah, I mean, bit. But it's kind of bullshit, though, because look at all of us. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the statistic, I mean, the first one, if, if take drugs completely out of the picture, if you're the product of a teen, teen mom, like a teen parent, you're so much more likely to become a teen parent. None of us were teen parents. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah we all made it through there. Um, and especially like being that impressionable at that moment, you were so likely to follow in that same, that same thing. And, and you made it through. Like, I don't, you said if she would have been there to be your hero, but like, it's almost better because you had to become what you needed. You had to become your hero. Now looking back at the point where you were at, it's kind of cheesy, but like you can talk to yourself the way that you needed then. Like you yeah. can look back and be like, you know, I know that this is what, what I needed and nobody was there to give it to me. So I had to give it to myself. And yeah. I mean, that's powerful. You can yeah. go the rest of your life knowing you could do anything because you made it through a bunch of shit. Yeah. I was my own hero for sure. For sure. That's, but that's why I'm glad we're doing this. Cause I want people to realize that they can be their own hero. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like I was so late to do it uh, when it came to finding my therapy in writing. I felt like I was too late, but you know, then I thought I was too late. But looking back now, I feel like I was so early. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh yeah, you were early. Yeah. I. Oh, it's just funny. You know, you guys are all talking about like doing stuff before I was born and stuff. But <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but we all keep saying that like someone else had it worse. <laughs> I just, I find it so funny this whole time. I thought that you guys had it worse than me, you know, and then you guys are saying, you know, vice versa, which is the but, opposite. Normally people put themselves out like they, they had it the worst and they yeah. you know, talk about their experience and I don't know. I just, think Dominic had it the worst. <laughs> well, yeah. it's just, that's what I'm saying is like people, well, I was, you know, I didn't have a phone really when I started, but I want like my biggest goal with being the youngest and having my point of view of this situation is I want people to realize how powerful they are, like their mind, you know, the resources that they can have and that they can reach out to. And I mean, obviously we're going to provide some of that stuff, but yeah, it's just, it's so funny to me. We all think that each other had it worse and we never like, we never pity ourselves. And it's like, mm -mm. I felt like, healing i i let myself pity myself i i let myself be sad about what i had gone through and i feel like we all yeah. kind of let ourselves do that and i feel like it's just so nice i'm just so glad we're doing this it's just i don't know it's exciting
I think that we all experienced it in our own way. And like you said, none of us, I don't feel like any of us complained or used mom as an excuse in anything we've done. And like, that's super powerful because Jordan didn't have what he, you know, we all had mom differently. You know, Dominic kind of lost mom as, as a child. Hannah lost mom as like a, you know, impressionable teenager or young, you know, young teen, preteen. Jordan lost her as a teenager and, and also being so far away. And I lost her as a new father who couldn't drop the kids off at grandma's house. Right. And that killed me. Yeah. And so we all lost her in these different ways. And, uh, but none of us, none of us blamed her for anything bad going on in our life really. And there's that old story that, you know, there's, uh, two brothers that had an alcoholic father and, you know, 20 years down the line, one is a, a successful businessman and the other one's an alcoholic. And when you ask them the question, you know, what happened to you? They both respond with my dad was an alcoholic. Yeah. And so we, I'm, I'm thankful that we all ended up successful in our own, you know, however that looks in our own lives, but we didn't let that define us. And, um, you know, when Hannah got, I'm going to get emotional when Hannah got married uh, and, you know, she got into a, a, a healthy relationship and all that shit that that was just that was amazing for me. You know, seeing being the oldest, I saw everything right. Like Dominic didn't see all of it. He saw, you know, but I saw everything as the oldest. It just it was amazing. I mean, there's so many life experiences that happened to all of us. And uh, I'm just glad that we made it out. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny. Like, I'm so young. So looking back on it now, the when we say our mom, and we're looking in the past, there's I feel like for me, there's a certain definition of what that is and what she looks like at that time. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, me and Hannah were together for the most of it, right? Jordan lived across the country, Alex was already grown up, me and Hannah were in the thick of it together for the most part. And I Looking back now, I do feel like I did lose her at a certain age, but lost that version of her because while I was in it and while she was in it and when I was a little younger, not that long ago, but when I was a little younger, I felt like I never lost her. I just couldn't comprehend that she wasn't there because, I mean, I couldn't tell you how many phone numbers I had in my phone that were hers and how many times that she would pop up and bring me stuff or, you know, still try to be my mom in that definition or what I saw from before. And it's just, I, that's why I feel like I'm blessed. That's why I feel like I didn't have it as bad because she did check up on me more than all of you. And I feel like not selfish or guilty, but I, I felt bad. I mean, I felt like this isn't, I mean, you guys would ask me if I've talked to her and I'm like, yeah, she's at my house yesterday. <laughs> and we hung out for like a couple hours, you know, and I feel like in a weird way, it did benefit me, even though she was, you know, in an, in her addiction heavy at the time, just mentally knowing that she was there, you know, even when she would disappear for weeks, months at a time, I feel like it could have gone both ways, you know, like it sucks seeing her like that, but also seeing her in general was just like a blessing, you know? Yeah. Um, we talked about that last week. I think part of your healing with it is the fact that you've been so accepting like of, of meeting mom where she was at like that's helped you i mean i've talked about this forever that i think that you've you handled everything the best which is wild to me like you're <laughs> the youngest and but i think it is because it wasn't like a you had to look back at this thing it was like you were looking at it as an evolving 
fluid situation where you were reacting to where mom was at and you were just meeting her there. Um, whereas like there was a time where it was five years that I didn't see her. I mean, to all the listeners also, I love you guys and all the messages that I've gotten personally or the, you know, the Facebook page, the website has whatever gotten. I appreciate it a lot. I know we all do, but I love y'all. Y'all, all these people that have messaged me, they were here and they're saying that, you know, they feel bad for not being there for me, but this is you being there for me, like going through this process with me, listening to the story with me. That's, that's what's important to me. And I just want to let y'all know, I love you. And if you had, uh, if you knew that you could say one thing to mom in the heat of the, in the heat of it or now or whatever, and she she could hear like absolutely hear you and understand where you were coming from what would you say to her what do you think you would say to her oh that's a tough one i would just say we need you i feel like that would be what i would say is like at the end of it i don't think any of us like we all have like our anger and our resentment but at the end of the day i think we all just want her if she came back like with open arms like she says she's sober right now and I still have a hard time believe, believing that because actions are louder than words. But I think, yeah, like, we just want you and we need you and we love you. <laughs> well, I think that we've accepted that we won't have our mom back in what we all have her as in our mind. But just having her around would be huge. Okay. I think that's a good stopping point for today. Like I said earlier, like, a, you know, we're going to have Hannah on here as much as she'll let us and if you or anyone you know are struggling with addiction, please reach out to the National Substance Abuse Hotline at 1-800-662-4357 for additional help. And remember, you're not alone.